Welcome to the Bar Variations Podcast. Go behind the bar with me, your host, Michelle Duvall. As I interview leaders in the industry, we'll talk about how bar impacts their lives, what's inspiring them today, and take the conversations that usually stay in the studio out into the community. Grab a seat because there's plenty of room at the bar. If you're a certified hashtag bar addict like I am, then you can definitely appreciate a bar-inspired graphic tank top or sweatshirt. Good news. For those of us who can't get enough, Bar Goods Co. will add an extra bit of fun to your workout with apparel designed for and inspired by the bar. And if you need that extra little bit of motivation to get yourself to class, then you'll be happy to know that they use only the softest fabrics available to help you express your love of bar to the world check out their go-to line of screen printed goodies included workout tops, sweatshirts, and even infant onesies for bar addicts in training. And guess what? Listeners of the Bar Variations podcast can use the code VARIATIONS25 to take 25% off their first order. That's code VARIATIONS25 in all lowercase letters. Visit bargoods.com now to start shopping. This podcast is sponsored by Point Studio. They are the best gripping socks for bar, yoga, dance, and basically all studio workouts. These socks are the next best thing to being barefoot. And listeners of the Bar Variations podcast get 15% off their order with the code BARVARIATIONS. That's code BARVARIATIONS. All one word to receive 15% off your next purchase at pointstudio.com. Welcome back to the Bar Variations Podcast. It's episode 23. That means this is almost two years old, guys. Cannot believe it. I feel like I say that all the time, but I am truly grateful and excited about the work behind Bar Variations and grateful for you as listeners and supporters. So in the theme of Thanksgiving and being grateful. This is the month, right? This is the highlight month of giving thanks. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot do this without you. And I always love hearing from you. So give a shout out. I want to shout you out at the end of the year. It's been a tough one, guys. What in the actual what, right? (laughs) So if you are in need of a little celebration, I want you to email me at info at barvariations.com so I can give you a shout out on the next podcast and share who or what you're grateful for this year in spite of it all, (laughs) right? In spite of all the crazy. And what I'm most thankful for is that I am able to do what I do. How awesome is that? I get to do this every day. And a big part of that excitement for me and that fire is that I get to be who I am, right? I get to be myself in my work. I get to infuse my values and my vision and my mission and my purpose into bar variations, which then becomes its own own thing on it in itself, right? And being myself is very important. That's where I feel the most creative. It's where I can express myself. And this is exactly 
why I have partnered up with Shannon Warner to create the BU Accelerator. I'm passionate about teaching others how to infuse their own voice in their work, how to create work that speaks to them, how to give offerings that are unique to themselves as well. And in this accelerator, it's all about being you and accelerating, leveling up your business. Joining me and Shannon at BU Accelerator will be Jason Williams of Charm City PT, Stephanie Lyons, the president of Bar Intensity, Alexis Sweeney, founder of Silhouette by Alexis, Stephen Washington, who is a key young, excuse my pronunciation, master, also master movement teacher, Kelly Wackerman and Pam Kennedy from the London Method, Mickey Price Havard, who is the wonderful Pilates program. Also, Heather McCreet from Bar Where You Are, KK Hart, who is a business coach and consultant, Lisa Juliet, founder of IBBFA, Bar Certification, and a bonus interview panel post event is from Vic Gratano, who is the girl, has the solution that you need to help your brand succeed. She is the creator and director, producer, a media buyer that is the founder of agency Bixby. Guys, this is a stacked, wherever you are in your business, this is the event for you. It's the event that keeps giving you're going to get bonus content, be walked through business practices, considerations, and tips and tools. So early bird tickets go on sale on Black Friday through Cyber Monday, and that will be the only time you can get tickets in 2020. So head over to the show notes, sign up for updates, or mark your calendars now or Black Friday, this is one you will not want to miss. Promise, promise. All right, up next, I have an interview with Ian Crockett, the bar boy from the UK. Stay tuned. Thinking about becoming a bar instructor? Or maybe you already are, but are interested in learning new teaching techniques. Bar Where You Are combines ballet form and grace with Pilates principles and functional fitness training to create a one-of-a-kind bar experience. Their unique class format and flow allows clients to get a fun and effective total body workout in every class. Their one-day, eight-hour course covers anatomy, musicality, transitions, how to provide modifications and corrections, and a breakdown of more than 100 different exercises, allowing all bar instructors to leave with a solid understanding of how to create and deliver a safe and effective class to all fitness levels. And because they are internationally accredited and require no licensing fees, our bar babes can teach anywhere they wish and truly make the class their own. You can find out more information on registering or hosting a training at your gym or studio by visiting www.barwhereyouaresc.com backslash become an instructor. 
and let's bar where you are. Are you a bar addict, a social butterfly, or just getting started in bar fitness? Do you want to feel good and look good during your sweat session? If the answer is yes, you must visit fitforbar.com and shop their exclusive activewear and athleisure styles designed for your bar workout and beyond. From hats to bar socks and everything in between, each piece from this female-owned boutique has been bar tested and approved from the best in the business. And with free domestic shipping, easy returns, and a buy now, pay later option, fitforbar.com provides an online shopping experience fit for a bar queen. So go ahead and treat yourself to some new apparel from fitforbar.com. You deserve it. Happy shopping. Hi, listeners. Welcome. I'm here with Ian Crockett, a.k.a. The Bar Boy. Ian is head of bar at Move Your Frame in London. He programs their set bar classes across all six London sites, which changes every seven weeks. We have a fan here, guys. My little, my little boy is bar boy in training. <laughs> Ian's class gets over, taught over 200 times a week by his incredible team of instructors. Ian has such a big love for bar and how it can be such a power standalone class or used to help assist any other workout or sport. Ian's goal is to help introduce more men into bar, yay, and help them fall in love with the burn. Welcome, Ian. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Yay. Uh, Ian and I had the pleasure of meeting in December 2019 in London, which was so exciting. Um, and you're also a guest teacher on the video library, so I'm so happy that we've connected, number one, and excited to have you now on the podcast. Yes, I am very excited. Thank you very much for asking me. I'm very, very grateful. You know, now having a boy too, I'm like, all right, training. Them. Like, <laughs> yes. Beautiful turnout. I mean, not to be a stage mom already, but 26 feet. <laughs> but they're, they're so flexible. They are. I know. I was like, man, I wish like my hips were that open still. <laughs> oh, I know. Tell me about it. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask all my guests to start is how did you get your <laughs> guys real time, real podcast. We filmed it live and sometimes the assistant does not cooperate, but could you tell us Ian, how you got your start in movement or fitness? Kind of when did that start in your life? Was it as you were a small kid or later on? In movement, good question. I have always been a very physical, physical person um, from a young age. I, my parents were swimming coaches when I was in school. So I was swimming all the time before school, after school, every day. Um, I did athletics a lot as a kid. I was a sprinter. So I used to do the 100 meters as I went did lots of competitions around the UK. I also did rugby for about two weeks, but that didn't last very long. It's a hard one, so they count. You did it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tried it, but then I just found out very quickly that it wasn't really um, for me, which is okay. Um, it was just very cold. Scotland gets very cold in the mornings, and I just remember my hands freezing up, and I couldn't actually catch the ball. And it was at that moment when I was like, I'm going to try something different. Yeah, whether for me, I'm not an out... I never did swimming because the pool was too cold and I don't, first of all, I don't like holding my breath. It's my own thing, but I'm like, Ooh, the pool is not heated. How do you, <laughs> it's 
terrible. Yeah, yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about that. I, I um, My star sign is a Cancerian, so I love the water. I love water features, water fountains. I love like having a bath. I love having a shower. And I just, as a child, I used to play with water all the time. I used to make like water stuff, yeah. Yeah, so that's um your parents were swimmers so it was a very active household. yeah did they um encourage all the sports did they make you kind of do things like running hiking, um, and all of that stuff or i guess my parents were really keen to get us doing stuff and keeping us busy um yeah on my, my both both my sisters did swimming as well as children so i guess it was just something that i mean i, I didn't question it i enjoyed it all so so it was good and then later on i started dancing so that's like where the main switch came um when i was 16 i started dancing so i started really late i just remember two really good friends at school were just convincing me to come to a friday night jazz class which is like a fun class and i would put it off for so long and it wasn't i think i was just scared it wasn't something I think it was mainly the, the stigma that comes around from men um, dancing that I was scared of because I was so young. But I eventually plucked up the courage to go to the dance class and I just absolutely loved it. And then it was um, no looking back from there. So that's when my, uh, my training or my interest for dance increased. And then obviously went to London to study to become a dancer professionally. So, yeah that's yeah, where I, that's, the movement ended up i mean i'm like you i mean i started very young i i played soccer american football and that was a joke and a half if anybody <laughs> to dig up those videos of my past it's pretty hilarious um but the stigma of i can remember going to like auditions and that and the boys there their moms would Tell stories to my mom and saying like, "Oh, we're we're at soccer practice right now. His friends don't know." Like, yeah, oh, that sucks. It's like I don't love that part of it because you know it's not nice and it's mean and it shouldn't be a stigma because it's a hard thing to do. Um, but you find a lot of male dancers get into it later in life and almost always have such a natural talent for it that they far surpass their female uh, <laughs> parts because you're a blank slate and you're also at an age where you're not you don't have certain bad habits right? yeah so you're developing your technique at an age where you can comprehend certain concepts quicker and apply them to your body so it's like super training um, to you know male dancers you you start at a, an advanced age and it, it is a sport and it is an art and I just I wish there was a way to erase that stigma I you know I think exposure at a young age helps um I don't know I don't know yeah so that for you you can uh, share your kind of experience with that it was something I never really, like, I'm not really too fast about what people, what people thought. It was, there was only one other male dancer at my village dance school. Um, he went off to a similar college to me, but a year 
before me or two years before me. So then I was the only male dancer there within a sea of like a hundred girls. Um, it was never really a big issue for me, but then I think it was quite a shock for my family and then other people, um, yeah, just around me. I think it, cause it came out of the blue, my sudden interest in, in this subject, which wasn't like um, something that I'd had an interest in before basically. But yeah, it, it turned out I enjoyed it. it. Turns out I had semi, some semi potential from <laughs> having no experience. Um, but I learned a lot at college. And yeah, I think like what you said earlier, having a clean slate is, um, is slightly a bit easier. But I just remember being at college and not knowing how to do simple, basic dance steps like stepple change and part of a row, all this kind of stuff, which is so easy now, obviously. I just didn't know anything, <laughs> which is well, hilarious thinking back. In the, the, you know, the, like the fake it till you make it, like I, you know, I also went to university for dance and I remember just being like I have to pretend I know what these people are talking about I went to a very very small dance studio and I had a, a good foundation and obviously good enough to get into a great school you know whatever like sometimes yeah. I don't know how that happens but it happens and um you know I'm so grateful for it but my technique, I was not a competition kid. And in the U.S., like all the competition kids at the time had the stellar technique. They really should have just gone professional right away. Yeah. And I was going to school to refine my technique and to get better and to then develop into an artist. But I can remember taking ballet and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that is. What, what are they doing? I've never taken a ballet bar like this. Like I would go, my parents would drive me into New York city because I lived about an hour away and I would go to steps on Broadway and they dropped me off. And my mom was like, I'll never forget. Like I take you into the changing room and there's these women that are like in their eighties, like naked, putting their tights on. And there you are just like, Hey, like I'm going to do this. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is totally normal. Like whatever. Brilliant. Sit, like trying to, I don't know. I think there's some kind of mindset, whatever that is, like being the curiosity, I think number one, right? Like curiosity to try new things or um, wanting a challenge, like, you know, for you being in sports, like feeling like you're being challenged, you're accomplishing something or achieving something. And then with the dance, I think like 10, you just get 10 times more gratification off of achieving something than also it's entertaining or aesthetically pleasing. So you're getting that like gratification of like an applause or a pat on the back yes. or someone being like inspired by you. You know, it, it, I don't know. I think it's quite awesome and addicting, I think in a way and makes you want to keep doing it <laughs> the more you do it. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. I, I was on, I just thought I was always, I've always been quite creative as, as a person. I really enjoyed uh, art as a child and I enjoyed craft design like building stuff and my, my dad's an engineer and I just enjoyed creating stuff and I feel like creating or being in dance being in the art side that's kind of um where where that came from but I've never really thought about that until now actually which is interesting yeah connected. I mean we'll get into yeah. it because you are a super duper uh renovator of but there's something about building a foundation and we say like oh back to basics but what i loved about gymnastics and then dance is ballet in particular it was like 
there was a format and a formula. You do skill A, then you can do skill B. You get skill B, you can go this way. You put them together and that's where like the good stuff comes in, the artistry and the choreography. And that like in my brain like made sense. Like, and even when I teach now, it's like I have a format and a formula, but then I can creatively go in so many different directions because I'm given some kind of foundation to build off of. There's something very organized. That's what I want to say. There's something very organized about dance technique, ballet, you know, the classical ballet or even jazz. You know, you have your head isolations and you're breaking lines and you're yeah. You know, step ball change like you pivot you step pot de bourre and like it's just the different foot even foot placements there's a very organized way of combining them together to look seamless on the stage yes and i am i'm very organized as a person and i do love technical side of dance like ballet and especially like bar i love because there is a right and a wrong way, way of doing something essentially so um I think that's why why I enjoy it so much. Yeah, there's something uh, very comforting in having yes. a structure. And then the modern dancer in me comes in and then tries to blow it all up and be like, I do whatever you <laughs> want. Here's my, <laughs> un, my structured guideline and then I'll give it to you and you can um, tear it up and throw it out and burn it. <laughs> I don't care. You know? So, <laughs> so I, I definitely err on the... I don't know, maybe I'm center-brained because I'm definitely more of the creative brain, but I um, I love the concept of organization. I love the concept of type A personality, um, but I have since um, farmed that out and hired an assistant who introduced me to the Google Drive. And she was like, oh, Michelle, we need <laughs> some folders and we need some sheets with like, whatever the graphs and over all that like okay whatever just let me know <laughs> um brilliant no that's amazing so what school did you go to um in london so you went for dance so you fell in love yes was your thing so i obviously didn't have any knowledge of any of the of, of the options from being 16 17 when i ended up actually going um but i ended up auditioning at two colleges which were recommended to me from my principal in Scotland so I went auditioned at Lane Theatre Arts and Performers College and I ended up actually not getting into either of those schools but I got into the foundation course at Performers College which is basically like a one-year intensive course for anyone who needs to work on a, a certain aspect or just needs a bit more time wasn't ready for like the full three years and, and that was definitely me I was like yes I need more time so I did the one-year foundation course at performers and then I the following year I auditioned for the same two colleges and then I got into both colleges with a full scholarship which was great so then I could then choose between those those colleges and I decided to stay at performers college so yeah, and then I did an extra three years there to get my full qualification to to become a professional dancer. That's amazing. Um, and if anyone is listening, you're like, wait, but four years is the time that you in the U.S. go to school. No, no, my friends, you live in the U.K., you only go for three years. It's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think the three-year model, I like the idea of setting a foundations course if you need a little bit more time before you get in. Um, and, you know, I know with all the O-levels and all that stuff, it's 
very different than it is here trying to get into school and but there's this kind of buffer here where you're in your last year you don't really have anything left to do you're kind of just like not hanging around yes you're doing things sure sure but there's also the sense of like I'm a senior right and then everyone's kind of slacking off a little bit or already knows the job they're going to or ready to go home or ready to start the new and even myself like I convinced my teacher on Monday that I was going to stay in New York City and go to the school of the company that I wanted to get into because I knew they were having auditions two days after I graduated college and she was like yeah you should do that why are you going to come and take class here when you could stay there take class and try to get the job you want wow I'm really grateful for that kind of support yeah I also would come back and you know it was just fun. It was a fun year, but I, I don't, I think you can absolutely do three years. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I gained, I was such a different, such a different person from the, from the day I started to finish. Like I grew up so much in those years. Um, I learned so much about dancing, but then also how to like live on your own without parents. <laughs> I remember having to put a wash on for us first, like for myself. And I didn't know how to do it. I mean, I was very grateful. My mum obviously did everything for me. I was that child. But um, I, I mean, I'm a quick learner, so it's fine. But it was obviously everything. A lot of things were new for me, living away from home. I'm being warned <laughs> as a mom of a boy now that, um, you know, I'm creating my own little mama's boy. But, you know, my brothers <laughs> didn't do anything. My mom did everything for them to an extent. I did my own laundry because I wanted it done. I took a lot of initiative. Did my, Like, I cleaned my room because I knew I'd be able to do what I want you know I'd be able to go play with my friends or whatever if I kind of did my chores without being asked not my brothers and it's not like I'm always like I was like so ready to go to school and I, like you we didn't have we had to go out and do our own laundry we had to buy our own food we didn't have like a cafeteria or anything like feeding us and it was amazing to see and watch friends that never yeah never had that and I remember the boys at the end of my hall uh was in a co-ed dorm which I mean an art school like you can just imagine the like bananas things that were happening at an art school yeah co-ed dorm there was a lot of singing and a lot of dancing and a lot of fires being set because people didn't know how to cook or whatever and I remember the boys at the end of the hall his mom would come once a week and stock their cabinets in the fridge and she would make everybody like a Sunday lunch and really <laughs> brilliant so adorable and I'm like wow like you think you're so grown up like going off to school and then you realize like oh my mommy does so many things for me <laughs> and even now even now in my 30s I'm like mom <laughs> and she's like Michelle it never ends but um yeah I um so when I went to college I was quite far away from my parents I was like 600 miles away so I never I didn't often go home Um, a lot of my friends lived local or they lived in London or they lived in Essex or Kent so they went home every weekend and I I stayed I stayed and just went back for the summer or half-term vacations basically but yeah I always had a I worked quite a lot as a child like a teenager like weekend jobs so I was very good at doing that and um, saving up and 
um, all that kind of stuff. But I think it was just, yeah, I hadn't really pondered or considered that I had to do all that housework <laughs> as a student. <laughs> Again, we'll get to it. But now, speaking of housework, now you're like renovating houses. So, I mean, look at that. Now you're like, I know. Homemaking process. Now, after school, did you continue dancing? What was that like for you? What was the dance? So, after I, I like, after dance college, yes. So, I was 20, just turned 21 when I graduated. So then me and a few friends moved into a, uh, like a house, a house share in London. And then we just auditioned for agencies. We got agencies and then we got auditions for shows, all jobs here and there. So yeah, that was 2008 that that happened. And then that was near one, like, oh, it's all confusing time, but I think there was a recession at that time in, yes, in the UK. Yeah. Uh, then left college at the same time with big hopes and dreams and yeah. then market crashes. <laughs> and, you know, that can be related to um, all the pandemic graduates right now in the arts. Yeah. There is no, I mean, I will, I can only speculate what it, that's going to, I mean, you graduate. And basically everybody that had a job before you is most likely going to keep that job unless something else is going on in their life where they don't come back to their job because shows are canceled till next year. So are you going to then rehire an entire new cast? No, probably not. And then what's that funding like? Can you even take on a new person in the company? Blah, blah, blah. I, it's just, I think, even worse than a recession now because it's no, no, no hope. And at least, like, when, I don't know, in New York City, I don't know if it was, like, London, a lot of smaller opportunities popped up. Like, a lot of festivals popped up. A lot of um, like kind of pickup projects were popping up. Um, even though you weren't getting paid for them, they were still happening. You know, people were still creating, where now you are not even allowed to be in the same space. So... Yeah, it is, it's really tricky. I feel for the 2020 graduates that have, or even people that have graduated last year or this year. Um, but yeah, there was, there was jobs around when I auditioned. It's just, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. There's a lot of talented people out there that can do a lot of things. Yeah, um, especially like even, I don't know if you ever, did you ever teach dance after school? So I never... A lot of my friends did straight away. Like I teach, I teach at a musical theatre college now, um, part time. But it was something that I never really got into until I kind of stopped performing. Mm -hmm. um, everyone was always a lot of my aunties that or friends, people think they know um, what's best. They were like, "Why don't you start teaching?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm done trying to pursue like a or I'm I'm more interested in performing now." And then, so when I wasn't performing, when I was resting, I would do loads of random jobs that obviously out of work actors and dancers do. Um, yeah, but now I teach now, and I I love it. I love passing yeah, on my um, my skills. It's yeah. It's not like I I think for my musician friends, it was definitely more of a common route to go of like teach and gig at the same time where for dancers uh it's a, a lot of times one or the other um I was always like really into the teaching so even though like I was performing and doing stuff like that teaching the girls and then seeing 
what they could do at such a young age, I was like, holy moly. Like, the competition out there is everyone, you get to a certain level and everyone is good. Everyone's good. Everyone has the skills. You know, greatness can be debated, like, how often that comes along. Can anybody get the job at a certain level? I would argue yes. (laughs) But then all of the other factors come in. How many boys are there? How many girls are there? How many tall girls, short boys? This look, that look, dark hair, white hair, this, you know, like, it's become a lot like musical theater and dance in general, where there's a role you have to fit. Yeah. What did the person look like before you? Or are you trying to, rightfully so, diversify your company? You know, and then it, it, be, it becomes a different different process <laughs> and, and you know what shows are being put out there like musical theater wise like is you know is it a revival is it hamilton is it what like you know so like it's just so dependent on so many things and it's amazing that anybody makes it <laughs> Quote yeah unquote, i know makes it, right and um i just find it fascinating i always say to people like it's it becomes not about talent and it becomes about your grit maybe how long can you stay around yeah to, to get that job or to know the right people um or do you already know the right people so that helps you know that is what it is even for any job right like if you dad's a doctor you're gonna know other doctors that can give you an insight of who's hiring yeah um, yeah I, I would always i always said to myself i think subconsciously after I graduated, I would give it like five, six years or maybe a bit. I think I did about seven years in the end, but it was something that obviously I really enjoyed doing, but then it got to the point for me where it wasn't, it wasn't giving me, like I'd, I'd done loads of jobs. That I'd, I'd really um, like I ticked off the list essentially. And then it got to the point where I was like, like do I want to keep doing this? Is this going to, is this the route of where I want to, end up or is it just going to take me where I want to be and then for me personally it 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 turned out to not be that so that's when I started looking at other projects other things which I enjoyed doing um and I always always said to myself it's not something that I've it's not like I've failed and not like I've given up it's just that I've chosen to do something else yeah that's a a stigma too as a performer it's like oh you choose to a teach or b do something different it's like you're you failed. You're a failure. You fail. You're a failure, and I, I really, I, that's something I just don't, I don't like because it doesn't creep in. A painter is always a painter. Just because they're not painting, they're not, not an artist. Um, yeah. If you're a musician. You're not not a trumpet player because you're not playing every single day. But for some reason, for dancers, and I would say even maybe actors too, like. If you're not doing it in that moment you're kind of looked at as like oh, mm-hmm. yeah no it. you're right you really are and then I think there's so much pressure as well when when people ask you like what are you up to and then if you're not working it's almost like it's obviously it's like everyone needs to work but then I think it's almost like maybe some people see it as you're not good enough if you're mm-hmm. if you're not working like all the time and well, there's a lot yeah. of pressure and you know in finances come into play and I remember taking class with a company and 
I used to go every day. I would be there Monday through Friday. I was doing my Pilates training, I was working, and I was taking class with this company. And then it started getting harder and harder. So I would go like just a couple times a week. And the comment was, oh, look who showed up. Oh, I'm sorry. I, (laughs) unlike you, have to pay my rent. And that is what it is. And I can try to do it all and see where that takes me. Um, I was never in a large, large company. I always did small projects and did the festival circuit and did did things that I wanted to do, right? So like you tick the boxes and kind of was like, all right, I can stay in this level or, you know, I started, started bar variations or I can put a focus into a business which okay like I know I want certain things in my life I know I want a family I know I want to travel I know I have things I want to do that this is not supporting that so it's just a different path and I hate hate that failure aspect of it because um I think it does a disservice even to the art form in the industry at large if everyone's a failure because 0.001 percent only makes it yeah. Everyone else is quote unquote failing. Well, how do you how do you really support an industry like that? Like, how do you have more jobs that are creative, or you can teach, or art therapy, or outreach, or fundraising, or whatever? You have people that are passionate about the arts but not necessarily performing to support it. I don't know. I think it doesn't do the industry. Yeah, and I I think. At the, at the colleges in London, there's a lot of pressure on the type of jobs that they want you to get or that they recommend you get where it's, it's West End or they, they only speak about West End shows, really. And there's so many other, like a wide variety of jobs where you can use the skills that you've been given. Like if I listed all the jobs my friends got or are doing, have done, it's mad to think that oh, you could, you could do that job from, from learning this skill as well. And I think maybe colleges in London have changed, but there's definitely a lot of pressure to, if you, if you haven't done a West End contract, then you, you haven't, yeah, then you're essentially seen as like a failure as well, which is something that I think maybe needs to change if it hasn't done already. Yeah, I mean, I, I, same here. Like, like Broadway, Vegas, or cruise ships was like what was being pushed. And in the modern dance world, it was like, well, you've basically chosen the starving artist route. So good luck, create great art. Like (laughs) that was the route I chose. I was like, okay, well, I don't have to work and do this, but I like the weird stuff. What can I say? Um, So speaking of those skills, because obviously those skills come into play and then we'll kind of talk about how fitness came into your world. But what skills did you kind of, when you were um, kind of, I don't want to say at the end of the road, but kind of in that stage of like, okay, like now I'm going to do something different. What were the skills that you gained from your dancing that you I think, with you? I think for me, when I was in and out of work doing jobs here and there, it was just, it was like a timetabling scheduling thing that was just getting too much for me obviously because we have bills to pay and then if you had to go to casting or audition then you can you didn't work for that day and it's just juggling everything and I think I just my it was actually my boyfriend who worked at a performing arts college in Cambridge in England and he my partner yeah my, my boyfriend got a job in the West End so then I covered his job 
um, just because I was like, oh, I'll, I'll give this a go. And I just ended up really enjoying it. Um, I enjoyed teaching it. I enjoyed working it. I enjoyed actually using my skills that I'd learned where, and like passing them on to other, other students. And I, I was like, this is really weird because I'm actually using what I know and what I love as opposed to doing the jobs out, out of work as a dancer that I maybe wasn't using. I was using skills and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, wasn't what I truly like enjoyed doing. So yeah. that was great. Fitness is a lot like that too. It's like you're kind of put in a position where it's, a, or maybe not put in a position. It's a type of job where you need multiple avenues of income. Right, it's not always the one thing as your full time job, and um, there's so many things that we, like you said before, that you can dive deeper in and think a little bit more creatively of how to use the skills you have in order to do what you love. Right, it doesn't have to look like someone else. It doesn't have to be the mainstream like thing. I mean, hello, I'm podcasting. What in the what? I mean, I don't even know. I was like, cool we're doing it, it doesn't exist, it needs to exist, you know, for the sake of our, like our, what we do, you know, we don't have the same type, type of media, and even in the dance world, I'm always saying, like, if I didn't have that burnout happen with dance, and had I not picked up bar variations, and it taken off, had I gotten my mind, like whatever, different pathways, I'm always like, I put it out in the universe that I want somebody to look at the business of dance, and do a restructure where there's multiple avenues of taking those skills and doing a lot of different things, not just studio owner, not just teacher working for pennies an hour, not a dancer who has to be a waiter or a bartender or a fitness instructor, but somebody that can take that time management, the preparation, the mentoring, the skill building, skills that they have and put them in I don't know into more avenues and whether it is development fundraising you know advertising marketing for the arts like being creative with it and I just don't see it happening right now and I would love to see that because there's so many talented performers and artists out there that I think could help the business because how many times have you worked with maybe a show or a company and you're like this person doesn't know anything about dance or let's put it into fitness this person doesn't know anything about bar and they're supposed to be marketing it yeah what like but how many bar teachers are out there that probably have marketing experience or social media management blah 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 whatever it is like I don't know. I don't know. But I think maybe that's the world that we kind of got thrown into is like these entrepreneurial things were not super mainstream yet. And we kind of had to carve them out. I don't know. It's, uh, but yeah, I, when also your path takes you on different ways where you discover things of like, oh, I really like teaching and passing this on like you did, right? And yeah, um, I think the world's I a bit more open for a non-linear pathway maybe that's the point of that <laughs> yeah and I think I also enjoyed having a bit of routine and a bit more scheduling in my week and obviously 
having a bit more of a regular paycheck was a new a new thing a new thing to me and then I must have been 28 27 when I had like a regular paycheck and obviously compared to like my school friends who all went to university and are now doctors and lawyers and psychologists they'd been having like regular paychecks for such a long time and I, I also felt that I was slightly behind them in that sense just from being like a freelance creative oh yeah have you ever said to yourself like oh well I don't really have a real job <laughs> yes and then I always um I always anyone who isn't like a dancer or like a performer I mean I, I hope they don't take this offensively but I always call them muggles like from <laughs> Harry Potter just because it's such a different world I'm like oh they're a muggle they don't understand like properly this and that about the industry <laughs> but I guess that that can be said for any industry because I don't know anything about like being a banker or being like a Sure. Uh, like a doctor or anything well I, I mean what comes with being a performer or even in fitness you know I, I relate the two because it's very similar and when people are like oh you get the well, for performers you get the show me your tricks questions like oh you're a dancer oh you're a singer yes. like let me hear you sing let me see you dance or you're like that person at the wedding that everyone's waiting for you to get on the dance floor. And you're like, I do modern dance and I roll on the floor and do weird things. You don't want to see that here. My social dancing is very awkward. Um, yes, you, I don't, I don't like social dancing. I find that really awkward. It's, I, I find it social dancing a fascinating. This is another thing I've put out in the universe many times. I want somebody to write the history of um, social dance and because it's, hilarious the moves that we come up with and what catches on I mean just every generation has a move like flossing is the move yeah. of this generation right it's so so silly um I would like to claim the butterfly as my generation okay dance move. um definitely MC hammer any MC hammer move uh for sure like I'll claim those as well <laughs> yeah I do I do a floss in one of my other I teach loads of other fitness classes but I do a floss in a dance cardio class and that kicks off people love it it comes oh. out of nowhere it's like a feel good oh feel I'm sure good. everyone is like laughing <laughs> and smiling. that sounds amazing <laughs> um, but yeah I mean it, when it comes to fitness and people like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I teach bar. Oh, I ha you get the apology first. You'll, oh, I haven't worked out in so long. Or like, was there feeling judged? Or you get like the, oh, really? Like, that's a job? Or <laughs> Yeah, when, when they ask you what your real job is as well. Yeah, yeah. I've avoided a lot of those questions, obviously my own insecurity being like, oh, real job. I have the job that pays me. So yes, it's real. I pay taxes. Thank you. And so it's real. It exists. Uh, but it, yeah, there's so much that like comes with that. And I feel like it almost sounds, for me, my insecurity was like, oh, it's so frivolous. Like it's a fun, it's such a fun thing to do. It's not really work. It is work. There's a lot of work behind it, but <laughs> um yeah, I've since tried to embrace the, I teach fitness and I run my own online company. Like, <laughs> right? It's like, you have to like, yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. 
Um, yeah, I agree. But going going back to that briefly about um, not feeling like a real job, I spoke to one of my friends who's a psychologist during lockdown, and I was like, oh, I haven't, like, how's your job going as if you've got a real job? But she made a really valid point that the more, the more that we help people like keep fit and stay stay healthy and uh, like all the happy endorphins the the less the less busy my psychologist friend potentially might be because we're 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 keeping people feeling good and 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 healthier and I never really thought of that before I was like oh yeah yeah like my job is important I'm I'm valid (laughs) you are yes you are yes I needed to hear that too I mean it's so true even with the arts it's like that's the that's the decoration of life. It's the frosting on the cake, right? Obviously you need the cake inside, but what makes it really good and what makes people connect? It's the arts, it's entertainment and movement, I believe, to make people self, inner self feel good and centered. And, um, you know, right now in lockdown, New York City is not allowing any gyms or fitness facilities to open and won't discuss when or how that can happen. And Yes, it's available online a lot of places, but I think they count they count as eight hundred thousand people are out of a job in the city. Wow! And that's a, that's almost a million people out of six million people. And you know, think of all the other industry like restaurants, add restaurant and entertainment, you know, food and entertainment onto that. So it's a lot of lot of people out of a job in the city, and yeah, I it is important. I mean, mind, body, and spirit, right? Your mental mindset, your physical fitness, and even being able to, yeah, go see a show, entertainment, or have something that makes you laugh. Like, I mean, yeah, we're all needed, and it's all valid. So yeah, I think what your friend said is perfect. And I'm less and less, uh, become an apologize, apologist for it it's like oh, I can't it's like no I <laughs> but uh yeah I, and I'm sure other people in other industries it's I always hear from friends like oh well it's boring I just you know, count it's boring yeah that is true I'll take I'll take it all I mean I don't want to be bored I'd rather do what I do so <laughs> I've been teaching some corporate classes during uh this time and um, I always like really, you know, try to relate the movement to what they do during their day. I'm like, well, I've never worked in an office, and I love to say like if we were working with like on a chair, and I was like, so if you want to do these stretches in the office, you certainly can. Your neighbor, on the other hand, might think you have lost your mind, and <laughs> like now, like a performance artist, I don't know <laughs> if you just start lying on your chair and doing some ab work, and <laughs> so they were like laughing. I was like, but. I would do it, but I've never worked in an office. I, I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> yeah, but people people need to do that. Like we're um we're not designed to sit down for so long, which uh, which baffles me. And then I think um especially like during lockdown, I've been sitting down for for more time because I'm not obviously commuting or going to work or or getting up about or doing as much physical activity because um the gyms um, have been closed and I did notice it I noticed my hip flexors were getting tight I noticed I feel like my posture was was um was slacking mm. and it's mad so yeah yes it, it's certainly making us fitness people uh 
sympathize with our um, muggles, as you would say. Yes. And, uh, and being like, oh, is that the queen you're feeling from sitting down all day? Okay, like, let's talk about that. <laughs> uh, so when did fitness come into play with you? Um, um, find fitness in bar? Yes, so I went to my first group fitness class in 2015 it was i went to a friend's class at, at frame the gym the, the gym that i work at and it was titled like a total body class so it was i just remember it being really dark it was really sweaty really hot the floor was like slippy there was loads of people and it was just crazy we're doing loads of crazy moves um and i like moving my body and I think just from being a dancer, I was quite good in the class, like like naturally without me me being aware of it. And I was, I was somehow doing all the advancements, all the harder options. And then I actually loved it. It felt good after the class. And then my friend, after that class, she basically offered me a job or asked me to work, work at the gym. And then that's literally where my fitness journey happened. It was presented to me completely out of the blue. Uh, it wasn't something I was looking for. And... And now I've turned it into turned it into a career. Yeah, it's literally that. I think it's bizarre, isn't it? I think something has come into your path the way you're um we are not expecting it. So yeah, very grateful for my friend for introducing me. And then it was something where I, initially I was like, oh, I couldn't do this because I'm not true. I hadn't had a fitness qualification then. But there's so many fitness classes that I could teach with my dance qualification, which obviously she made that aware of. So then I started teaching one day a week at the gym self-employed and then it became like two days a week and then three days a week and then my interest just became bigger and then I enjoyed it a lot more I became a lot more tired obviously because the classes some of the classes I do like before lockdown I was cardio classes I was doing like, like two and a half hours of straight cardio on a Monday night which which was full on and I loved it but I was definitely very grouchy after that shift <laughs> I just needed to eat and sleep. Well, and then, like, like dancing, like, you, well, as you age in dancing, your stamina isn't always the same. And I, I mean, my stamina is not the same. And now, yeah, one fun. He's back. <laughs> but, I know. One second. I don't know if you hear the vacuum cleaner sound. I have an app on my phone that sounds like a vacuum cleaner. Oh, the white noise, yeah. Yeah, what, 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 whatever trick you need, then. Exactly. Um, we'll only play certain lullaby songs in the car, like with no words, because we're like, 
they're addictive aren't they or they just they repeat in your head exactly it's like what's the word it's just like the tune made me like uh, survive a little bit longer um oh I, I had a friend once that had obviously like a cd in the car for the for the child and she got into the car once and the child wasn't in the car but she was singing along to the music like having a great time she's just so used to <laughs> having the children's tunes on <laughs> Uh, my sister was really into like the Disney CD and she would like sing out. She's like, I think I like the songs more than my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so you started teaching all of these classes and, you know, like dance fitness will like bring you in and suck you in, in the best way where you just kind of keep adding on. And now did was bar like a part of that intro for you? Or did that come through? Yes. So at frame there, I think I teach about 12, 13 t- types of classes. They do everything uh, at frame. Um, bar was one of the first classes that I was in my starter pack or like chunk of classes. And I'd never heard of bar before. I'd obviously been done, done ballet every morning at college for like four years um, from like nine o'clock to 11 every morning. But bar was just obviously different because it obviously has the principles of ballet, but there's that fitness element. Um, and I just remember being sent a video of like, exercises to learn. And I was overwhelmed. I was like, whoa, this is so much information. <laughs> and so many names of moves and all the like cueing as well, which I'd never done before. Um, and yeah, so bar was on there. And then it was never, it was just one of my like 10 classes that I taught. And then it wasn't until like a year ago where a new job became available at the gym um, for the creative role. And that's when, that's when my love for bar grew massively. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was first introduced to bar and even sometimes now, like I'll, you know, people call things like name things, all kinds of things. It happens in Pilates and yoga, like these different animal names and whatever. But what I loved about it, what I love about bar, it's like, you see a move and you're like, oh yeah, that's a flat back. That's a modern dance flat back. Hold over, right? I was kind of like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. You know, I've heard, um, this is not knocking it, it just makes me giggle. Like, I've, uh, I think one company calls second position horseback. And I was like, what? Or, I was like, Oh, yeah, I was like, kind of like, yeah, okay. Like, I, so it's just when it comes to names and like, that's when I love to like squash the tribalism is because it doesn't matter what it's called. Your body's only going to move in so many positions, right? Your legs externally yeah. rotate and they internally rotate, they flex, they extend, right? So it's like, there's a finite way of moving. Now, how you combine that all together is infinite. Um, but I don't know if you found it also kind of like made you chuckle a little bit of like, oh, ballet. And yeah, I remember in one of my first bar trainings that we were speaking about like an attitude position. And I was like, it blew my mind. I was like, hang on. These obviously, this is a class for like general public that maybe necessarily they haven't had the, the dance background that I've had or they're obviously not professional dancers. And I was just shocked that they were like familiar with like the the term attitude or like turning out or which I, that that took me a while to get my head around um when I first yeah. first started teaching but I think there's something 
so intimidating thus far, right? We, the big barrier entry is like, oh, well, I'm not a dancer, right? That's like the number one pain point you hear from people. Yeah. What I love to say is like, if you can teach a squat, you can teach a second position plie. It is yeah. literally the same thing, externally rotated. It's just how you approach it. And I, I find that in the words, it's fun as a teacher to say, okay, plie, bend your knees. Plie means to bend your knees. I taught preschool dancers for a long time. Like I taught all ages up to high school, but the preschool girls were my favorite is because they taught me how to break things down. You know, like yeah. you're teaching them the language and you're teaching them the action among a million other things of like, sit down and don't move, wait your turn, you know, be nice and all of those things. But you're saying like, plie, bend your knees, say it after me. And they're like, plie. And you're like, these kids are speaking French and they're three years old. Like, and they get the concept of what a plie is, whether they can explain it or not. And there's no reason we can't do that with adults, right? Like we can say like attitude, you know, lift your leg up, bend your knee. There's your attitude, you know? And then it's just a faster cue of like, find your front attitude and they do it. And it's like so exciting as a teacher. Cause you're like, yes, they understood the concept, the action, the cue. It's, I don't know. I love that part of it. Yeah. A bit more sophisticated than just being like flying squat lunge. Like, <laughs> yeah i i just love the one thing i love about bar is how it is like slightly dancey like i love moving to the music i like finding the beat and i like how essentially how easy it is to or simple it is to teach because you're you do a lot of repetitive stuff so it's very like low intensity very repetitive that's what i kind of like about it as well like I love a jazz class like I even though I was a modern dancer like my jazz classes were like like, I don't want to say easy because they were obviously physically challenging but mentally easy where like you get the pattern you get the rhythm you get the choreography and it's yeah it's instantly gratifying and so much fun to be able to do all of that and uh I, I think bar fills that need so I mean just think of we were talking about before of like you know, they're not being million different avenues for dancers. You can certainly create them, but how many people out there took classes as a child? They love being able to take class, and now they can take class in a way that invokes those same feelings. Like, yeah, I think such a market and need for it, or a want to. Like, I don't know. I think if any movement can be turned into like fun, I've never like super enjoyed dance aerobics because like we were saying before I'm not a very talented social dancer <laughs> so like a Zumba like you put me in first it was step aerobics and then Zumba but I, I was like this is embarrassing I went to um, you know dance body with a friend and I didn't know they do like performance days or performance weeks so they like teach you this choreography and then you perform it at whatever quarter it is. Well, being a dancer, it's like, oh, I should be able to pick this up. Oh, no, no, my friend. I could not pick it up because they don't break it down on performance weeks because that's what it's about. It's about just performing what you learned. And I had learned wow. it. I was like losing my mind and I was like, no, no, I, 
I'm not the damn cardio girl. I love the concept, but which is what's great about bars because you have all those variations and all those different degrees of you can make it super ballet, you can make it super dancey, you can make it very functional training. Um, and I think it kind of hits the mark for all the different types of movers. But the more moving can be fun, oh my God, it's like the better, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, of course. I remember um <laughs> I remember doing my first bar class and I didn't know what was going on. Like I thought I would be good, but it, it was definitely harder because obviously that endurance. But um I just remember the burn being so real. It was um <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> but in like a good way. In a good way. <laughs> I love it. So you've had things presented in your life that just kind of showed up, you weren't expecting them, and they've kind of swept you in another direction, you know, dance and then bar. And let's talk about that house renovating. Where, when, tell us, tell us. I'm an agent. Yeah, so I, me and and my partner, we, on the side, I guess you could call it, we have a very small property portfolio. So during lockdown, we we managed to purchase our first, uh, third property. So this is our second flat in London. It's a, slightly bigger flat than we're in now so we're currently in a one bed flat and during during lockdown and was super tough we turned our living room into a one bed studio and then we could we could only me and my boyfriend could only work at the same time which uh, we we couldn't work at the same time so that's quite challenging so yeah so we've just done a full refurb on our third place and we're gonna move out in the next couple of days so yeah it's very very stressful there's lots of choices like different types of hinges different types of, of handles all that kind of stuff is <laughs> it's very overwhelming but, so but yeah a, you flip the prop like so you redo it you move into it and then you sell it and do another one or is that how uh, so we we just keep adding so yeah. we're in our current place we've got a tenant moving in and then we'll just we'll just rent it out so we've got two rentals and then what one that we live in basically lower risk than maybe playing a market the thing is I, I went through a failed renovation unfortunately uh, but we had to do all of the choosing and uh, the details I mean I would love to think I'm a detail oriented person I'm not I'm a big concept person I'm like the broad brushstrokes and I can see the vision but you know like when it comes to literally picking a knob for a cabinet I could spend years looking at all the different variations. You really could. Yeah. (laughs) So usually I just turn into a a follower and I'm like, I go on Pinterest and I'm like, that looks cool. (laughs) Yeah, it is really fun. I like, I like that creative side. Me and my boyfriend sometimes have conflicts of of ideas. So then he, we normally pick a room each. So he's always good at the kitchen because that's he cooks quite a lot and I normally do the bathroom because obviously I like the water so we spoke about that um yeah we've been a bit more adventurous this in this property with like color we're trying to feed things space so we can like be in the same flat but then not be able to hear each other which is quite exciting 
Yeah, I mean, you are definitely doing the ultimate relationship challenge. You're working <laughs> together on a project, going through construction, refurbishing. Like, kudos. Like, meant to be forever and ever because I, as many people are finding out during lockdown, working in the same room, you're like, why do I think our place is too small? Why do I think we yeah. need another room? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think anyone that come anyone that comes out of lockdown, um, still still with their partner is like it is obviously meant to be. Yeah, we definitely a good thing going. Both work at the same time. My husband came, saved the day for a moment, and took the baby. And you know, it's just about that flexibility, right? I think if anything, we learned as performers yes. and then in the fitness world, it's being adaptable, flexible, and when an opportunity presents itself know who you are in that moment so being able to say yes or no is so important right so yeah. it's like oh hey you want to try this class okay yeah being open to it and then it can be so many different possibilities out of there or the house or whatever um but yeah i think it's an important skill to kind of have be able to like look at things that are being presented in front of you and see those kind of possibilities or take it for what it is like hey maybe this isn't great or maybe I will like it it's not the end of the world right so kind of less about failing right to circle it back to what we were talking about before like just yeah. you don't get to the top of the mountain on every opportunity given to you doesn't mean it's a failure it maybe will bring you weirdly enough to refurbish your homes you know <laughs> Um, you just never know, and I think that's the beauty of life, right? We just never know where it's going to take us, and I don't know, having fun with it, just like movement, like, have fun while we're doing it. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think I just, oh, just from, like, a future point of view, I just, yeah, well, I've always been interested in, like, business and, and entrepreneurship, all that kind of stuff. I've read lots of personal, personal development books, like money management, money management. I've always been um, really good at, and I have a big, like I really enjoy doing that, um, being quite organized. So yeah, I think it's just, that's just an, another root of those, of those skills. Well, I think that's something business people, I mean, that's like a broad term, but I think maybe like venture capitalists or business investors, that's how they get involved with fitness and other things. Like they, they're in their entrepreneurial spirit. It doesn't have to be necessarily something they know everything about, yeah. but they, they kind of understand what it is to bring something to life. I think it's fascinating, fascinating as well. Um, lots of people, you know, I mean, we're in a place right now where we're seeing the new future development. I think it's exciting and, also horrible terrifying and stressful and all of those things too but it's also you know and the the other flip side to that is having you know gone through trying to get a job during a recession and seeing how entrepreneurship really triumph like came out on top um over the years and now more so than ever it's things are going to be different right like different roads are opening and what those are going to be, I think, is going to be really neat, and especially in the education field. I think 
there's a lot of fails happening right now when it comes to getting kids back into school or back into some kind of learning situation. But I do think a lot of creative things are going to come out of it because of the openness to working online and what that means and what that looks like. So who knows, you know. <laughs> yes, no, there is. I think, I think, especially this time, online online fitness classes are definitely have peaked massively during during lockdown. And I have, um, I think, in total, I teach about twenty hours a week on Zoom, which is quite a long time. <laughs> that is a long time, um, and that's all through the Bar Boy. So you started your own website. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so I teach, so that, that's like a mixture of, um, working from my gym and then my bar boy and then for my college teaching as well. But yeah, I did in, in lockdown, I started, um, to build my brand more, my website. And then I started doing Instagram live classes straight away just to basically help people stay active. Cause that's like a big passion of mine. But obviously in the beginning of lockdown, I had no idea how long it would last for and then and then the true future of like the industry so then so then it was always in the back of mind about starting a website or or getting up but um lockdown was definitely the the booster to get that up and rolling so then so yeah now i teach weekly bar classes i have a nice a lovely group of of clients regular clients which i really enjoy what like coaching them seeing their journey and people are so loyal as well like i've had people that have come to every single class that i've done and i just think that's incredible people to have that like that determination to to keep going and and continue working hard and finding a new challenge every time is um incredible oh that's so awesome i mean yeah i'm with you i was sitting at a a conference person fitness. This is probably a year and a half ago. And we had Tara Toomey, the class was on the panel. Uh, I don't think his name is Barry. It might be Barry from Barry's Bootcamp, whoever started Barry's Bootcamp. And they're sitting there and talking about it. And it was like a division. It was like, well, you know, you're always going to have at-home fitness. It's been here since fitness was fitness of what we know it today. You know, you had your VHS tapes, you had your yeah. Saturday morning workouts on TV and it went to on demand. And you'll always have people that want to connect in person. But now I think what's happened, which is I think amazing, is now you have a blend of the two. You wouldn't you always had like the camp of in person or at home. Well now it's blended so much that people are gonna be used to doing it at home and going to in-person classes if they have the accessibility. Um, and I just think that's great. It's kind of brought people, this technology has been here for a while, right? And very under tapped. And we're experiencing a lot of technical difficulties and issues because the technology wasn't being used in the way we want it to be used now. And yeah. I, I just think that it's going to get better obviously and also there's more options for people so studios that now have started live streaming classes now have another offering for their clientele 
and they can open up to an even broader market, you know, outside of their local studio. I, I just think I I just think it's gonna be it's another way to diversify and I think it's great, you know. Yeah, and I also think I've so I've got a mixture of client mixture of clients so they can't wait to get back to the gym, some that are a bit apprehensive so they want to continue with online classes. But I personally find online classes a bit more convenient for me. So I can pick it up like on demand classes especially. I can pick up as and as and when I'm free. Um I can fit it around and there's literally no commute because I don't live locally close to like walking distance to work, I always have to get on the tube. And that's obviously, yeah, it just takes more time. I'm with you. I think I definitely even have, you know, now having a kid, but like, yeah, you know, different circumstances, like especially teachers, especially people who teach fitness and you're, you want to go do what you teach, but by someone else, (laughs) it's like, it's not always, at the time you want it let's talk about that being a teacher right you're like where is that 3 p.m class like where where is that class can i get in it because it's the only time i have free um yeah you're right (laughs) yeah i think it's yeah you have a lot of parents at home and now how many people are not going back in the office their jobs are now work from home you know all these tech jobs or whatever you have people not even ever going back into an office again, I think changes the game as well. So it's here to stay in my mind, that's for sure. Yeah, agreed, agreed, definitely. Now I ask this question to everybody. I do my little hurt at the bar segment. Is there something, we've kind of touched upon a lot of things in this discussion, but there's something that you hear at the bar that's either a myth or something that's a truth. So whether it's from clients or other teachers or maybe even something you thought of coming into bar that you'd like to debunk or ring true. Oh, good question. I think, well, keeping on with my brand, I think people always tend, or some people tend to say the bar is just for women, which which, um, I would disagree with (laughs) because (laughs) fitness is good fitness is great like everyone i always encourage people to do a wide range of classes obviously some people have their favorite classes they go to or they 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 like what they're good at but for example if someone's doing too much high intensity jumping around doing a lot of running then i think it's really important to get back and, and do some yoga do some pilates do some bar something to counteract just because we've only got one body we all need to look after it and I always find it really funny whenever I see like the gym I work at, whenever you always tell the, 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 the straight man that's been told by a physio to go to a, like a Pilates class and he's just standing there like not knowing why he's here. He's just been told to come and it's like people, it needs to be a habit. Like just come, come to Pilates, come to bar. It should be, it should be like a staple just to look after your body. Yeah, well, you've got it, you nailed it on the head. It's low impact. And I think a lot of times people actually think bar is either, I think women think bar is more high impact. And then men think it's like, meh, like not enough of whatever they think it is. A little maybe flouncy, but it's super hard because men are not externally rotating their legs and not necessarily working on their flexibility in an active way 
which yeah. you know yoga and Pilates comes in and yeah I mean I think it, it should just be like is what it is like especially now like with everything changing so much it's like can we all just like get on get on board like get on the do whatever movement feels good to your body train like, yeah <laughs> or do what you need to do for your body and that going to be low impact and high impact and that you know so all these I, I get tired of the misconceptions and the you know aversions to certain things like oh, really really like <laughs> we're just all getting along at this point and getting into whatever it is you want to get into <laughs> yeah and I think um touching briefly on on just from teaching teaching fitness and teaching bar in particular I have become like incredibly so much stronger as like a dancer. And I wish where we did Pilates at college when I was training, but it was just something that everyone just pushed to the side and didn't give any notice to it. Cause obviously we wanted to dance. We wanted to be in the studio, like sweating. So doing like a double knee fold, we would be like falling asleep. Like we literally fall asleep in Pilates classes and maybe it was branded or like bit in the wrong package, or maybe we just were too young to understand but whenever I, because I teach now at a performing arts college, I'm like, guys, this is so important. Like if I was still working or still auditioning as a dancer, I'd be able to do so much more impressive stuff because <laughs> I'm so much stronger. Totally. And I, I used to teach ballet classes and I would end up teaching them more strength training classes because I'm like, they physically cannot do this technique without these muscles and they don't have any concept. I would bring in balls and bands and I'm like not just to stretch their faces off but to build strength so they could hold their leg there and to be, yeah. be in the proper position and reduce ankle injuries and um, I hope I want to say that there may be more of that now than when we but also I don't know um, I also think there's room for fitness to be geared towards young people in a healthier way um it's just sports still for kids you don't see a lot of kids bar classes yeah you have some mommy and me things that are cropping up but i don't know like why if especially if kids are not all into sports but they like to move they don't necessarily want to compete like here's another thing to put out in the universe like yeah get some of those kids going um but my last question for you is what's in your bar, your BAR? So I know we're deep into the pandemic. So I don't know if your bar has grown. Um, Lauren Lavelle, who I will always credit her for including the snack bar. So if you want to include snacks. <laughs> yes. Um, so what is of your fancy these days in your bar? What's in my, what's in my bar classes? Oh, no, your or, B-A-R, like your cocktail, cocktail. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I love, I don't really, I'm not a big drinker, like a, alcoholic drinker. So I love like a smoothie. It would literally be a smoothie or anything fruity mm. is my favorite thing. My my partner loves a drink. Um, I just don't like how it makes me feel. And I, I never really have. I have only had two drinks in the past year obviously because I'm pregnant um, and yeah my last well, I wasn't drinking before I got pregnant a little bit and then 
I was with friends. Oh, have a mojito. Okay. <laughs> Two days later, I found out I was pregnant. I was like, ooh, that was a mojito. Um, so after not drinking for a long time, my tolerance was like really low. I had my first glass of wine and I was like, Ugh. I don't want I don't want this. This is disgusting. I had half of the glass of wine. I had the biggest hangover the next day. I'm like, I'm good. And it's been a couple months. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to. I'm already feeling like garbage because I'm not sleeping. I'm like, I don't need to feel like garbage. I know, yeah. More on top it's of tough. I, I just think I, I, I personally like feeling good all the time. So if I have a, even if I have a late night and I wake up feeling a bit rough, I just try and do everything to avoid that. And if I'm... Yeah. Eliminating a hangover is one of those things. Then <laughs> I also like to save certain things for certain places. Like we had our honeymoon in the south of France, and I was all about the rosé. I drinking it like water. We went to a wedding in Italy last year. I don't drink that much red wine. All of the red wine. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, so I kind of designate <laughs> places too for what I'm having. Like. It, which is, I guess, strange, but same with England. I only eat salt and vinegar chips when I come to England because I think they're much better than here. That's my favorite flavor, so we can be friends, yeah. Oh, <laughs> there's something, like, so sharp about the taste. It's so good, but here they're not as great, and I just save it. I save it for when I go, so I have different So in, in the UK, <laughs> in the UK, there used to be – the cheese and onion and salt and vinegar used to be they swap the colors so then i sometimes pick a cheese and onion by accident thinking it's a salt and vinegar and that's um that's a really tough day for me when that happens oh yeah um quavers is another one that I, my sister will stock her house like with quavers salt and vinegar chips um on flavor it's like ridiculous so it's like the chip bar like we have like the whole <laughs> brilliant convenient um, snack well thank you so much for chatting for um my pleasure my crying baby and all of that fun stuff it was so good to see your face no one else knows but i got to see your face <laughs> and uh yeah hopefully i'll get to fly back over asap and tell everybody where they can find and follow you in the meantime yes that'd be great thank you so much michelle it was lovely to chat with you and then also, where can we follow you? Oh, yeah. So I'm on Instagram. I am at the bar boy. Yes. All one word. So, yeah, give me a follow and then keep, keep up to date with my journey and come yes. say hi. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you'd like to write into the podcast, send an email to info at barvariations.com. You can follow us all over social media at Bar Variations. You can also visit the website at www.barvariations.com where you will find show notes, archive episodes, and more. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.